When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. <laughs> it would be a war spot, eh? I'm going full. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! I hope you're doing nice and well out there. We're all keeping safe and uh, finally got over that international break that nobody really wanted. Uh, it's little Dan hosting tonight's match preview episode on behalf of the Wolves fan cast in association with 90min.com, uh, Pixel Yeti Media, Boston Coffee Vending Machine Company and uh, Shoot Music who are providing tonight's uh, music coming from uh, local band Smoking Eskimo. On tonight's show, I've got with me two new Wolves fans and uh, Greg Mitch from the uh, the Garibaldi Nottingham Forest channel. I'll come to you first, Greg. How, how are things with you? Similar to you, I think. Uh, glad the international break's over, but it wasn't too good just before the end of it. So it's, uh, it's going to be a fascinating couple of games coming up for us. It's absolutely huge, isn't it? I remember I spoke to you after the um, the home game in, in, in Wolverhampton and um, both teams were really struggling at the time. Wolves managed to get the three points on that day, but two totally different teams going into this game tomorrow, which we'll talk a bit more in depth. Uh, for the YouTube viewers out there, thanks for joining us. As you can see, we've got two uh, new guests who are Wolves supporters to the, the uh, right of me on your screen. I've got uh, Phil with me on the top and Sam Turner at S-Turner Tipster. You might have sort of him if you're uh, big into your horse racing. Uh, Sam, welcome to the Water Fancast. It's nice to have you this evening. Uh, one of the questions that we uh, we tend to ask new uh, guests when they join us is, who is your favourite Wolves player apart from Steve Ball? <laughs> um, I've got to say Mark Venus because I'm pals with him and uh, he'd crucify me if I didn't say that. So I used to love Vino's left foot. It was like a wand, wasn't it? There weren't many better uh, around that time. He probably lacked a yard of pace, but he could play anywhere. Um, obviously went on to have a very good career with Ipswich, you know, played the Champions League. So they finished first, uh, the second or third in the league the one year under George Burley as well. So he wasn't too bad a player. We got Steve Sedgley and we had to give him 800 grand as well. I could never really understand that. Didn't didn't look good business to me, but there we go. I stay loyal to Vino. 
he had an absolutely fantastic left foot. I even sort of um, don't hold too much of a big begrudgement towards Vino, even though he ended up at Albion on the coaching staff, which we yeah. aren't going to too much. I remember his goal against, I think it was Coventry City in the Coca-Cola Cup, completely smashed it top corner after um, yeah. Steve Grizovic got sent off. I think he scored in the playoff semi-final against Bolton as well, Bolton didn't he? He did, yeah. A little back post header, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, when we used to score from We won't go too much into that Bolton playoff defeat. It still hurts about 30 years on from now. Uh, Phil, to the to the right of me, uh, welcome to the show, Phil. Obviously, me and Phil go back quite a few years. What same question to you? Who's your favourite Wolves player apart from Steve Ball? Uh, I'd probably go a little bit more recent. I, I think just those first few years of Matinho when he came, I thought he was absolutely different class to sort of like anything I'd perhaps seen before, I think. And the way he would, would sort of like organise the team, the team moved up sort of on his sort of like, they seemed to move up on his command. You know, it, it was him pulling the strings, you know, uh, a little bit. So, yeah, it, I'd probably go with Matinho, really, I think. Greg, I'm just going to flip the question on you to a degree. Which Wolves player grates you the most? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was hoping ones. you... I was hoping you were going to ask me the same question, but I think a few of you would have fell out of me. Um, oh, which grates me the most? Who was the player that um, that carried on when we went to put the ball out a few years ago and scored? Uh, Michael Branch. We had him on the show. Yeah. We, had, we had Michael Branch on the show a few months ago and we talked about that moment when um, Dave Besant was close to That's throttling right. him on the pitch. I think um, Adi Akinboy and John Olive Hill, they got sent off that day. It's quite a, it's quite a memorable match for, for all the wrong reasons, isn't it? Um, for everyone that continues to follow the Wolves Fancast, at Wolves Fancast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, obviously on YouTube. Subscribe while you can, drop a quick like. We've got a quick competition on our Twitter page this week, which ends on Monday uh, on behalf of Darts Corner. They're giving away an officially licensed Wolverhampton Wonders dartboard. All you have to do is head to our Twitter page, retweet at Darts Corner, uh, follow at Darts Corner and um, follow Wolves Fancast and obviously retweet that post and there will be an ending the winner on Monday. This is open worldwide. Darts Corner have informed us that they will ship worldwide. Uh, if you visit their website, www.dartscorner.co.uk, they've got some fantastic um, darts equipment there, not just sort of dartboards, dartboards, uh, darts flights. They've got everything. So head over to dartscorner.co.uk if anything there tickles your fancy. It's a big week, big weekend of football. Every game is a cup final for Wolves and Nottingham Forest uh, towards the end of this season. It's It's huge. Look at the fixtures uh, this weekend. Man City start the weekend at half past 12 at home to Liverpool. They're eight points behind Arsenal as it currently stands. Um, they've got a game in hand, so they need to pick up three points. But none of us are really here to talk about the uh, the total race because we're just we're not even sniffing that total race. We're not even in sniffing top half, are we, Greg? If you look at the table there on your right, if you can squint your eyes quickly enough. Um, obviously, Wolves Forest uh, at City Ground, 3 p.m. You got Bournemouth uh, home to Fulham. Arsenal Leeds, Brighton, Brentford, uh, Crystal Palace at home to Leicester, uh, Chelsea at home to Villa, which is the half past five kickoff, and West Ham Southampton uh, is at two o'clock on Sunday, followed by Newcastle versus Man United, and then ending Monday is Everton versus Spurs. Just quickly, talk, just touching quickly on that uh, Man City Liverpool game. At the start of the season, we tipped uh, Erling Haaland to score more goals than Wolves this Premier League season at 14-1. to 1. He's, He currently leads by four goals, but he is apparently going to be injured for a few weeks. Sam, 
You're the matter. Red. It won't matter. That's copped. You might as well go and get paid out. Um, you're the tipster, are you, Sam? 14 uh, to 1 was a cracking tip at the start of the season, but do you still think. He could play on one leg, Dan, couldn't he? And he'd probably still score more than we do. I mean, we're bottom of the charts for pretty much everything, aren't we? Assists, goals scored, other than penalties. Um, yeah, just about everything you you, you like to, to look at. And to be fair, Forest aren't far above us. Um, so you've had to suffer as well. But, you know, there's there's a slight difference in, in the two teams. You know, Forest have signed about 73 players and, and Steve, the manager's done an unbelievable job integrating them all. Whereas, you know, we've we've had a, a little bit of upheaval through the season, as everybody knows, with the caretaker manager, a negative manager who never made a substitution. Now we've got a manager who can't start make, stop making substitutions and can't stick with a settled 11, um, which, you know, is obviously pretty painful to watch. And therefore you get performances like Leeds last week, I think. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I tried to be optimistic and tried. I tried to find uh, other clubs in the English pyramid that have scored less rewards, but we are the joint uh, lowest goal scorers in the four divisions. Along, with, I think maybe Everton and another uh, club in the Premier League. It's it's really very it's embarrassing to a degree. Uh, we need to score sixteen goals in the next ten games to match last season's tally. Um, what have you made to Wolves so far, um, Greg? Well, it's surprising. I mean, we had a, a Wolves journalist on our show uh, earlier in the week and he was saying things like this team's too good to go down and, you know, the comments that we've all, we said many years ago when we thought we were. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it is surprising with the quality of some of your players and especially the attacking quality of some of them. Uh, it, it has been and it amazed me really how we, we kind of matched you the first two games we played, especially that away game for us. So um, I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those games. There could be more goals than you expect, to be honest, the way that we certainly play and the way that you have the potential of playing. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a real strange one how your season's gone so far. I don't want to sort of um, lead you to, towards going viral, Phil, but hearing comments like Wolves are too good to go down, you, you don't agree with that, do you? No, I don't think any team like supporters secretly thinks that. Maybe some of them do, but you know, having followed football for you know so long, you know, you, you sort of um, you, you sort of know that's just uh, you know, someone just saying that for you know, to, to try and stir stir something up, really. And uh, and certainly, you know, you look at the table, any of those teams, you know, you you don't you don't really know on any of them at the moment, you know. Any, it's so close down the bottom, isn't it? That uh, that really yeah, you're, you're looking from Palace down, aren't you? You and no, no one's too good to go down from there, despite what the squads may, may say otherwise. I'm I'm sorry to um, cause the visually impaired um, frustration with that that league table <laughs> on the right. It's not the greatest, I know that. But uh, like Phil said, Crystal Palace on 27 points, Wars on 27. Uh, Leeds on 26, Everton on 26, Forest on 26, but a game in hand along with Leeds, which is your game in hand is against Leeds uh, in the middle of next week, isn't it, Greg? Yeah, it's on Tuesday and it is. <laughs> we can't think past Wolves because of how big the Wolves game is. We seem to be playing all the teams around us. So, But that's been massive and that's been massive since it was postponed back in September for the Queen's death. So there's been a lot of build up towards that one, but God, get Saturday out of the way and for us, hopefully get something and it'll make Leeds a lot more of a uh, a pleasant evening, I think. 
Uh, Sam, obviously, mm. tips to buy nature. Who's your sort of three to get relegated at the moment? Well, I think the South Coast are in trouble, aren't they? I think, I think Southampton and Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth are just sad that they won't be playing us again this year because um, we, we do like to give a helping hand to teams in and around us. And, I mean, if you go back to the Liverpool game, I mean, how long ago was that? Start of February? Um, obviously beat them 3-0 at Molyneux. And I never for one minute thought that we'd be in this situation chatting about relegation. I thought I wasn't arrogant enough to think that we'd be pushing into the top half of the table. But I thought we'd probably be in and around where Villa are, quite comfortable and, and building for next season. And you just look at some of the performances since uh, Southampton. They got lucky. Um Obviously, Bournemouth was pretty tragic. There was some schoolboy defending two weeks ago against Leeds. We fluked a win against Spurs, which has kept us afloat, really, in recent times. Um, so, it, we're in danger, really, of, of what well, we're very much in the mire, uh, very much in the relegation zone. And unfortunately, you know, the way that we play at home don't mean those home games that we've got coming up are, you know, particularly positive for us. We're so passive at home. The, the only positive we have got playing at home against the likes of perhaps Chelsea, um, Villa, Everton, perhaps, that they might not sit in as, as as much as one or two other teams. And, you know, we're absolutely hopeless if we have to force a run in against any side. We just don't seem to be able to play with the intensity required, unless Adama plays, perhaps, um, with that intensity to, to go and press teams and, and really really give them some trouble in the you know the last third of a pitch unfortunately at the moment plus we don't score enough so if you're starting to defend and leak bad goals like we did against Leeds where you know left or right backs are heading the ball in from three yards inside our six yard box you're gonna have trouble aren't you and, and just some of the defending was so poor against Leeds that there was real alarm bells for me you know and they were three nil up in a canter we've made a bit of late headway to use a horse racing analogy but we're we're running on after the game's gone you know that the, the horse has bolted and, and we're just like following it forlornly thanks to a you know, Johnny fluke and a second goal that gets deflected in which gives us a bit of hope late on but it was you know it was pathetic really that's one of the biggest frustrations for me, Sam, is that you go back to that Liverpool game, uh, beat Liverpool quite comfortably 3-0 on the day. Um, Mario Lamina ends up getting sent off at, at Southampton. We lose him for the Bournemouth home game and we just didn't look as functional as a team in that Bournemouth game. And I think if no. we would have beat Bournemouth, which the majority of us thought, well, most of us expected, to a degree, I think the majority of the fans that day just thought all we had, all we had to do was turn up and we'd get three points mm. against Bournemouth that day. And I think, like you said, without being arrogant, um, probably behaving pompous to a degree. If we would have beat Bournemouth that day, you would have been sort of looking around the 10th to 11th place without mm. sort of a, any concern about a relegation battle. But um, it really knocked uh, knocked us out our steam up, up with due to the momentum that we had since Lopetegui came in. Where's your frustration been with Wolves recently, Phil, in regards to where it's lacking goals, um, now we're shipping goals like we did against Leeds? I think I think we've really touched upon it. You know, it, it, Sam said. You know, we, we were you know, we beat Liverpool three 0 and at that point, you're looking at the team going, right. Well, you know, they're, they're ready to do something here. They're ready to, you know, really sort of maybe kick on as perhaps we thought they might do at the start of the season. But as I said, through whether it's been you know refereeing and whatever, you know, we've, we've made a lot of changes to the team really, um, it, and. I, th I think that shows because you, you, when you look at look at the table, it's the people who've got that really negative goal difference that that sort of you start to worry about because they're the teams that can easily ship goals, you know, you in, in theory. 
And, and I think it's just that we haven't been able to nail down a selection, really. I mean, I know we've had a couple of injuries. I, I think he, he likes Bueno at left back. Um, you know, we know that Johnny's not quite what he used to be and, and Aitnori is flattered to deceive, maybe, although hasn't had many chances. Um, but, but yeah, we, for whatever reason, we just haven't... You know, that, that sort of like Liverpool, that the 3-0 against Liverpool is, is almost like an outlier now compared to actually what our form sort of is. Um, and then you, you mentioned the Bournemouth and Leeds games. Those are the big frustrations, really, aren't they? You know, if you could list two of them, you know, to concede four against Leeds... You know, we shouldn't be doing that at home. And uh, and then Bournemouth, as I said, you know, they went one nil up and we just couldn't, you know, we, we, the lack of goal shows at that point. So, I mean, I've probably give you, given you quite a few frustrations there. I haven't nailed it to one, but but yeah, there are a few that all sort of build into one thing, really. It is massively frustrating, like you mentioned, because there's so many things you can pinpoint when it's not scoring enough goals. I mean, you could we touched on Erling Haaland, just Sam. You could put Sam, uh, Erling Haaland up front for Wolves, and I, I don't think he's scoring double figures because we don't create enough uh, guilt edge chances. I'd be grateful if he got ten shots. Um, yeah, it's 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 abysmal, really. Uh, but I, I do think the I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the the guillotine is is getting ready for for Julian Lopetegui, but. From such a promising start, where was it 17 points in the first 10 games? Um, there's just been a few danger signs for me recently. That I mean, that team selection against Leeds, Neto one side, Pedence the other, uh, and Ralph through the middle. It just it just doesn't work for me. Too lightweight. Unfortunately, Pedro Neto, yet another member of our squad. You can add Raul Jimenez, you can add uh, Johnny, uh, and perhaps even one or two others that that just haven't come back from injury, the player that they were beforehand. Um, I think he took the, does he take the, the fullback on once, Pedro Neto last week, or a couple of weeks ago, beat him once and never did it again. And, you know, that's not the player he is. And that timid shot he had when we were 1-0 down and he was sort of eight yards out and he just poked at a left-footed shot. That, that's not him. You know, he, he, would, he would absolutely smash that in the back of the net if he's positive and he's in the mind frame that he's, you know, the quality player that he looked like being pre-injury. So I think whatever happens, I think he's got to go back to that that Fulham side. We look really good that first half. That's one of the few times I've seen us live this year. And that first half against Fulham, we controlled the ball against a team that were pressing for European football. Um, Cunha and, and Raul worked together as a, as a partnership. Sarabi is obviously a clever footballer. Adama, whether you love him or hate him, he still carries threat. He wants to beat a man. He wants to go forward. He wants to try and create. And, you know, you only have to look at that Leeds game last week. The first goal they scored, there were seven of their players in the box in the sixth minute of the game. Seven players. Now, when Pedence broke, you know, for one of our better chances early on, there was four, including him. Um, that, and that's the difference. That's why we don't score goals. We don't have strikers who run across the front post and we don't have players that bomb into the box. Simple as yeah, I had this conversation with someone at work today. You look at the sort of the midfielders that we've got, uh, Ruben Neves, Mateus Nunes, uh, Martinho, Abubakar, Traore. They're not midfielders that will break into the box late, score headers. Uh, we haven't ever replaced Matt Doherty's output um, from no. four-back positions. No. Nelson, Nelson Samedo is head and shoulders better than Matt Doherty, but does not provide output in regards to goals and assists. Um, well, he, you look at Ryan Aitnore, Hugo Breno, Johnny. They're not pr prolific at uh, scoring or assisting. Where, where are the goals in this team? What were you going to say, Sam? I was just going to say, I mean, Doherty would get eight to ten goals. He was a brilliant link player. He had a great understanding with, with Adama down the right-hand side. 
and he was a brilliant finisher. And you look at, I looked at Samedo's stats today. He's averaging a quarter of a shot a game. You know, I mean, Doherty would have a couple every game, wouldn't he? Or pop up in the box or whatever. I know, you know, it was a different formation and, you know, they're different players, et cetera, et cetera. But you've taken eight to 10 goals out of the team straight away. You look at the set pieces, the corners. We've got such a low strike rate with any set piece as well. I think this is filling Greg with tons of confidence, but we, you know, it's no wonder that we've only scored twenty-two goals all season. You know, it's 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 blatantly obvious. Speaking of someone who is prolific in the words uh, "walls" and "goals," uh, Chris Wood has been um, fortunately ruled out uh, with injury uh, this week. Uh, Greg, what what else can you tell us from the Forest camp in regards to uh, team news? Yeah, we've had a few injuries this this week. Wood's a strange one because a lot of a lot of people didn't necessarily want him starting but Cooper was persistent and he's he did show a little bit more recently um but Aurier's uh, possibly injured uh, Johnson's got a knock and he's our star man you could say with Gibbs White so um yeah there's, there's a couple more injuries but we've got players coming back so we've got Taiwo who's arguably our best striker he's been out for months he's coming back uh, Czech Coyate he's coming back uh, so, yeah, we have got a bit of hope on the horizon as well. I think this international break, as much as I don't like them, I think we needed it more than most. Although, like I say, we have had some internationals <laughs> come back injured and like Wood out for the rest of the season. So, yeah, there is yeah. there is still worries there. Your man of the match from the Carabao Cup game, uh, Dean Anderson, is still uh, lacking a few weeks away. Yeah, but we I don't know whether he gets back in the side. I'd love if we stay up, I think we'd try to sign him and he'll be the you know, probably the most quality goalkeeper we've ever had permanently, just because of his stature at the minute. But getting Naves in, you know, three times Champion League winner, he's just such a quality player. Uh but I don't think he's ever had as many shots against him <laughs> in his career. So uh, I think it's been a shock to the system for him, but He's more than a, a very good to play, uh, replacement for Henderson. So that that one at the minute isn't too much of a worry. I think he's about three weeks away as well. So it'll be interesting what Cooper does with that when, when that uh, option's available. Uh, Phil, looking at Nottingham Forest's uh, team lineup there on the left after their 2-1 um, defeat at home to Newcastle before the international break, what sort of Forest players concern you? And obviously, Morgan Gibbs, what, what's your opinion on Morgan? I, th I think probably it, it, the biggest one, I, 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 did he come off Brennan Johnson in this game? Did he? He didn't. No, he he, he was carrying a knock and yeah. then at Wales training, I think he pulled out. Um, but what I do here is I'd be very surprised if he didn't start. Yeah. I mean, he, he's probably the one, I think his home form is pretty good. Uh, he's you know, he, he sort of very, very confident. He seems like a very good finisher. Um, you know, from what I've seen of him. Um, so really, you know, probably him. And I mean, look, it's going to be sod store, isn't it? It's probably going to be Gibbs White, you know, especially given we, 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 during the international break, was it we got charged for escalating the situation after the cup game, wasn't it? So you can just see something bubbling there. And, and you know, it's always, it's always the case, isn't it? Former players do something against their former clubs, um, and especially the way sort of like, I suppose he left, and and the fans sort of like, uh, yeah, not treat, but sort of like maybe, maybe the opinion of him. So yeah, other than Johnson, it's probably going to be Gibbs White, you know, really, because um, I know I know Forest fans really 
really rate him. And obviously the manager does. Um, so yeah, it's just just that former club stuff, isn't it? He's at home. He was involved in all the stuff at the last game, the the, the cup game, at the 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 at their place. You know, so, so something's going to happen, whether it's good or bad. I'm not sure, sort of thing. Sam, going back to the sort of last summer when Wolves accepted the transfer bid from Nottingham Forest from Morgan Gibbs, what, what was your feelings on that uh, transfer at the time? Thought it was good business. Um, I do. I, I like the player. I mean, you, you you look at his, you know, his stats this year have been excellent for Forest and a team that don't score a lot of goals. He creates a lot of opportunities for them, uh, both. You know, him and Brandon Johnson, they'll be pivotal players for me. Everything good, really. I mean, Greg would know more than me and, and seen Forrest, obviously, more than I have. But you look at the data, everything good comes through those two. Uh, it'd be a huge flip if, if Brandon Johnson didn't make the game for Wolves fans, obviously. Um, you know, and Morgan has, has probably finally got a coach that totally believes in him. I suppose the transfer fee endorses that, you know, that. That just tells him how, how he's rated. Um, I think he's he's worn that transfer fee really well this year. You know, it would have weighed down a lot of young British players, um, especially someone who, who didn't look as though he had tons of confidence on occasion at Wolves. But, you know, that wasn't necessarily all his own fault. I think there was, there was certain parts of, you know, the Wolves crowd that would be well behind him because he was one of our own as such and you know a player that did try you know I always thought that you got 100% out of him sometimes he was a bit frustrating but he was a young player developing he had fancy flicks and tricks and and that sort of stuff and they didn't all come off but you know he he is obviously giving Forrest something a bit different and you know Steve Cooper is a very very savvy man as well as being a brilliant manager Um, and if he rates him then you know I don't think there's there's going to be too many people uh you know, from Molyneux that would, would doubt that he's probably right on that occasion. And he is starting to flourish under his leadership. And I, I he was in and out of the team a little bit of Wolves. And, and I, you know, I just think that perhaps that his development was stymied a little bit by the Portuguese invasion, invasion, which was a bit unfortunate for him. I think it's been a good move for him. And if he can, you know, if Forrest can stay up and, and you know, he remains there and the stability is there for him, obviously Forrest are going to build under an excellent manager and be, you know, be a solid uh, Premier League side, you'd think next year, providing they can just get over this year's hurdle. Obviously, Morgan Gibbs had a decent international break. Greg uh, creating the assist for Emil Smith Rowe in the under 21s, under 23s, whatever you want to call it nowadays. It still confuses me that whole situation. Um, Morgan Gibbs is massive for you, but we touched on Brennan Johnson earlier. I'm sure I read a stat earlier today that he's sort of top three for the most goal contributions in 2023. Yeah. Uh, I just. First off, say like Sam, it's nice to hear such a measured response about Gibbs White because this season's been a real strange one for us. Where, as Dan knows, I've got some good Wolves friends. There's groups of us that we see each other across the country every so often, and so there's always been a little bit of banter. But it surprised me how the Wolves Forest rivalry, especially on the pitch, has gone this season. It wasn't mm. the one I was going to see as a real grudge match, and this one at the weekend, I think, for the players as much as or even more so than the fans is, you know, potentially because of the Gibbs White thing. So uh, it really interests me. If I was a, if I was a betting man, I'd love the odds on a Gibbs White goal and a sending off. I think it might <laughs> might be good. But regarding Johnson, uh, Gibbs White is key for him. I think his development, the way he plays, Gibbs White just absolutely goes into that perfectly, and they really do um, contribute to each other's. 
good stats this season. And I think with Wood being injured now, those two will flourish a bit more again because the way we've tried to play for the games Wood's played has kind of changed it a bit for Gibbs White and Johnson. And with Gibbs White being carrying a knock as well, I think it really has shown the last few games. If we do get a penalty, I don't want him to take it, however, because I don't know whether you saw that one <laughs> midweek, but it was one of those walk-ups and not mm. not what you like to see. It's got to take some confidence to yeah. get that in every time. Plenty of players do that technique, don't they? But yeah, oh, I, hate I, it. I, I can see it. It was, it, it was a yeah. It was like they lost two one, didn't they? And he scored yeah. the penalty. Yeah, it was just yeah. basically just sort of like you know, it wasn't even like a full sort of like side foot pass, was it? Really, just no. it. So talk about Brennan Johnson possibly being out, um, Greg. Who who fills in for Brennan tomorrow? Well, it's interesting because Dennis scored against uh, Newcastle and it was a very good goal. And this entire season, he's underperformed. Uh, I think he was another 17, 20 million pound player uh, with high hopes and he just hasn't shown it. So I'd imagine it'd be Dennis. But like I say, uh, Ayu's now injured as well. He's out. For the, uh, he's out. He's injured anyway. Um, but Taiwo Awanye, he's back. He's been in training for two weeks can't remember the last time he played. It was months ago. But if he comes back and he can continue the form he was on before that, I do believe he can be the difference in keeping us up. I really do. So it'll be interesting. I'd expect Dennis Surridge will probably be on the bench as well. He's a good finisher, but hasn't had any game time at all, really. But with Taiwo being fully fit, it'll be interesting to see how much, if any, game time he gets. Uh, Julian Lopetegui had his uh, pre-match press conference yesterday before the, the club made their travels east uh, today. Uh, he made the announcement that Bubakar, Traore and Nelson Samado are both available for selection tomorrow. Hugo Breno is available. Will be, uh, there'll be a fitness check on him tomorrow morning before they make the decision on who plays left-back in Johnny Otto's absence due to his uh, three-match suspension after his red card against Leeds. And Unfortunately, He Chan Wang is still uh, carrying an injury, so he's not going to be available for tomorrow's game. Looking at sort of the team that um, started against Leeds, Sam, I know you mentioned Neto and Pardence. Mm. How, how do you start that? How, who do you start up front for Wolves tomorrow? And what, what formation would you go with tomorrow, Sam? I'd, I'd probably match. I, I, Greg would tell me more than I'd know, but I, I presume you go 4 2 3 1, and I, I'd, I'd match up with that. Um, I think Cunha has to come into the side. I, I thought he was his pressing against Fulham, um, even with one or two quality centre backs that they've got at moving the ball. The American lad whose name escapes me, who passes the ball brilliantly. Um, but I, I still felt that we we got further up the pitch with him in the side, and I think Raúl looked as good as I've seen him in that half as well for for a good while. Um, so Rabi is obviously a very intelligent footballer. I think he has to come into the team as well, and I'd start Adama. You know, it's a it's a high octane game. I just don't see any point in leaving your trump card on the on the bench. Somebody who can just do something, um, something special. And then I'd, I'd have Neves and, and Lamina sitting. I don't think it's necessarily a game for Nunes. I, I, I'm not even sure. Is he 100% fit? I, I don't know. Um, and I, I'd, I'd definitely have Bueno in. I'd have him in on one leg, to be honest. I would have had him in on one leg last you know, fortnight ago against Leeds in front of Johnny because it pains me to say it, but, you know, Johnny's obviously not the player he was. And uh, I think we saw that at Newcastle. The, the back four didn't look as though they'd ever played together that day. Um, and Max Kilman looks like a startled rabbit when he plays alongside him. So I, I think, you know, 
Bueno's been one of the success stories probably the last 12 months. I think, you know, if he's, if even if he's 90% fit, he has to come back into the team. Do you agree with that, Phil, in regards to Hugo Bueno starting? What's your sort of feelings about Ryan Aitnori at left-back? I um, I, I think, yeah, I agree. I think if, if Bueno is, is they, they, yeah, that presser said 90% fit. I mean, what what's 90% fit? You know, you've seen him in all the, the, the training pitches, haven't you? You know, he had a, it was a hamstring injury, wasn't it? So either the hamstring's good to go or it's not really. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be starting him. I, it, it, Aitnori has got, like, he he's, you know, he reminds me in some way of Vin, like Vinagre a little bit. Mm. He's he's better than Vinagre, I think, but he just doesn't. He doesn't seem to get the chances, does he? Really, I, I think he, he when when he does play, he he can play very well, but he just hasn't had a run in the team. And un, unfortunately for him, probably Bueno's come along because if if they they only perhaps you know, um, it was uh, was it Collins who started him? I think was it or did, was he already in? I can't remember. Um, but if you had to come along, I think you, you know, Aitnori would have had a good run of games and we may, we may see something different from him. Um, the only thing that concerns me, and it, it, it's, it's one of those things that, obviously, you know, with, with Lopetegui coming in, he likes to, you know, we like to play at the back like teams do. You know, keeper plays it short to the centre-back, out to the full-back, and we try and, and that's obviously to try and draw players from the opposition in to create the space. We sometimes we just don't have the midfielder who can, and, and probably Nunes is the only one that can do it. Who can just play on the turn and actually mm. take the ball and drive, you know, into these spaces. I I, I agree with Sam. It, it might not be the game for him. You know, Neves and, and Lamina is, is probably the, the the best starting two in that formation. But we don't, and, unless the forward players start to show, and Cunha might make the difference in that if he'll show short, we'll have an outlet. But when you actually play it into Lamina or Neves, they. they they're not as good on the turn, and then and you know we've all seen it. Once Nunes gets in his stride, he's he, he can make a real difference. He can get us from one end of the pitch to the other very quickly. Um, mm. So that that's probably the only concern with that lineup. But I think it, it's the you know, what, what sort of Sam pick there is probably the best one we can go with as long as everyone's fit. And as I said, yeah, if if Bueno's fit, I'd, I'd be starting him. Uh, Molly knew, Molly knew in the um, comment section saying Forest to win three or four, three, three or three nil. I don't even know how that, that sense doesn't even make sense. You're just you're just a troll. If, I'm, I'm assuming Molly knew is a play on Molly knew. I'm just going to ignore it. But thanks for commenting, um, Greg. What's your sort of feelings on the Adama Traore conundrum? Do you rate the guy? What's what's your feelings on Adama every time he's attacking your fallback, Renan Lodi? Yeah, because he, he's a strong guy as well, isn't he? And the thing is, we've got Lodi, but we've, if they swap sides as well, we've now got Nico because Aurier's injured. And Nico is a lot better attacking than he is defending, to say he's a fullback. And I mean, that's why I'm glad it's at home that he's probably going to have to play because I do like him, I do rate him. But defensive frail is, they've been noticed when he plays. And so, um, yeah, it does worry me because you're midfield. <laughs> It, it, when you see it on paper, it does look quite strong. So we've just got to make sure we get that midfield sorted. So that's where I think the key is really. And players like Ryan Yates with a level head, who's back, and you know he's he's finally back to full fitness. He'll be the he'll be the key for me. Uh, but Lottie is a, one of our one of our star players this season. I'd say. Coming from um, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid to Nottingham Forest was an, was an amazing coup uh, back in the time. But you haven't really touched on the midfielder that I could I think could have a massive say in tomorrow's game, and uh, it's John Joe Shelby. 
Um, brilliant yeah. bit of gear for picking passes, but how is he? How is he featured for you so far? He struggled the last few games. He he had a good start, and then he made a couple of mistakes. Um, and the, the fans, I've noticed quite a few fans get on his back recently. So he, you know, he's got to have a good game. Uh, there's always the chance that he doesn't start as well with with some of these injuries coming back. But yeah, he can ping a ball and he can get us out of trouble. But he just seems to have some of his quick thinking decision making hasn't quite been there, and it, it's cost us a couple of times. So. Uh, I don't think there's full confidence in him yet from from a lot of the fan base, but he's certainly not uh, certainly not one of the uh, the boo boys, should we say? Yeah. Um, Maxi in the comments section saying we need to press Nottingham Forest. Newcastle made them look very ordinary. A front three of Jimenez, Cunha, and Sarabia. Um, we, we made the comments earlier about Hugo Bueno being ninety percent fit. I think if Mateus Cunha is seventy five percent fit. He has to start for Wolves tomorrow. Is is link up play? You mentioned the um, the first half away to Fulham. Sam, he's he's, he's mm-hmm. so key for us in in the way that we're going to create chances between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's a, a Jesus type footballer, but but he helps with our press because obviously Raúl isn't as mobile as he once was. You know, as soon as Diego Jota went to Anfield, you know, we lost that irritant, didn't we? We lost that wasp who was always whistling around the back four or the back three, the centre-halves, whatever, nicking balls, which meant that Matinho could get further up the pinch, up the pitch and nick balls and Neves could nick balls. You know, we, we haven't had that. We haven't been able to replace that ever. Um, you know, it's not really a Dharma's game, nicking balls that you shouldn't really pinch. You know, you watch Matinho do it in a game. He's unbelievable, you know, and Jota was exactly the same, getting around the side of players and just nicking the ball off them and starting counter-attacks and, Unfortunately, we don't win the ball high enough in the last third and therefore we don't score enough goals. Unfortunately, we, we sit in, you know, try and get teams to pass, you know, play around us and whatever. Um, and then, unfortunately, if you pick Pedence and, and Neto either side of Raul, you're not going to hurt him in behind. We haven't got runners in behind. Whereas Cunha can run in behind. He can come short. He's an intelligent footballer. He isn't going to get you 20 goals a year, unfortunately. And he was, in some respects, he was quite a strange signing given that we were desperate for somebody who could come and score 15 goals from January onwards and keep us up. Um, and he's never going to be quite that player. But I do think if we provide him with some chances and, you know, you saw the goal that Leeds scored, um, the first goal where, you know, the cut back onto the edge of the, uh, sort of onto the penalty box area, that that's his area running in there and finishing. And I don't think he's probably too bad a finisher. We just haven't seen many examples of it because he, he never seems to have much... Um, Many, many much delivery into the box for him to excel with, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I do think he's got a start, most definitely. I think he's he's one of our only sort of chances of scoring goals. And I also think we've got to go one up because I think if we go one down there, it's going to be a terribly difficult afternoon. It's uh, the atmosphere is going to be huge tomorrow. I, I said on a, another channel the other day that when I went to Forest in the Carabao Cup game, I haven't been to an atmosphere like that. Apart from Molyneux, um, since we got back promoted to the Premier League, because like the atmosphere on that night, Greg, um, obviously City Ground's been massive for you this uh, this season. You've only lost once at home since before the World Cup break, mm. and that the difference between our home and away form is staggering. But yeah, so we lost to Newcastle. Before that, it was nine unbeaten. 
and I completely agree with that commenter that you've got to you've got to press us because that that's the that's the way to do it. I, I believe now after watching Newcastle, uh, but even then it took a ninety second minute uh, penalty and the crowd were on our side the whole way. And that's just what we've got to hope for. We've got to hope we're right behind it. We realise how big this game is, and it's funny how you mentioned Liverpool because. Uh, earlier in the show because we beat Liverpool in October and I thought that's it we've 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 f- figured out this Premier League malarkey we're going to be okay and then the next game Leeds beat them and then you've done it as well and you think actually it's not not that big a result this season so it's the teams around us we have to beat we've lost to Bournemouth at home uh, we only drew with Everton at a game that we really should have been more up for so it's these games the teams around us which is is massive as, as you know and if we get the result tomorrow, it changes every fan's outlook in that stadium. It really does. Yeah, tomorrow's tomorrow to a degree is a must-win for both sides. Obviously, yeah, we both had devastating, devastating defeats before that international break. Obviously, losing in injury time for you guys, and just the manner of the way that we got sort of dispatched by Leeds. We can sort of blame the referee and VAR for the decisions that we didn't get, but you still can't defend that we did for the for Leeds's opening three goals and to a degree the fourth not playing to the whistle. Um, it's huge tomorrow. But Phil, would you take a draw tomorrow? I think I think you probably would. I think I would. Um, I mean, I, I was just going to point out perhaps how big a game it is, is that, as you mentioned at the very start of the show, I think a lot of the teams around us, well, there's quite a few that have got another game, haven't they? They've got another game midweek. So you know, there's a few teams that have got that sort of like a... you. Know, they're going to be levelling up come, uh, come come the next round of fixtures, really. And, yeah, we've got to get something, I think. Um, you know, as I said, if you offered me a point, you know, maybe I'd take it. Because, as you say, Forrest's home form, as you just touched upon, is very good. Um, you know, they create a good atmosphere there. You, know, It's away from home. You know, you, you could see it as a you know, two points loss for us, but it's two points loss for Forrest as well. Um you know, and, and yeah, I think we've got to get something because, as I said, yeah, I think it's it was it Forest, Leeds, uh, what's that West Ham, Southampton. I think all got another game midweek where they can they can pick up more points, and it's just going to be even more con- congested. Uh, you know, come the next time if, if any of them pick up anything in in that sort of like second game, the midweek game, really. Do you agree with that comment from Maxi um, Greg that says there's more pressure on Forest yeah. being at home tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and I agree with what, if I was a Wolves fan, I'd take the draw because the draw keeps you above us. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? You don't get relegated if you stay above the team. So, uh, yeah, there is. I mm. think there's more pressure on us. I really do. And it, if we don't win, then a lot of fans, even the most optimistic like me, are going to be very, very worried because then it's straight up the motorway to Leeds on Tuesday. So it's massive. The crowd will show it's a massive game and win it and suddenly I mean we've got a, according to the stats we've got a 46% chance of relegation at the minute and Palace have only got a 10% chance of relegation for example so win tomorrow and they lose this weekend it flips everything on its side be interesting to see how Roy, Roy Hodgson fares at Palace if you look at their running they've got some really favourable fixtures Crystal Palace I think they pretty much play everyone below them which is why well, Patrick Vieira has been a bit hard done by to a degree because they've had a really tough run but Going sort of three months, well, coming up to four months now without a, a win this calendar year. No manager can survive that, can they? Uh, Sam, I'm going to come to you first. What's your score prediction for tomorrow? 
Um, <laughs> I, I, unlike the last, I think it's a must win. Dan, I, I, I look at those fixtures. Chelsea the week after, revitalised Chelsea, Brentford at home, Leicester away, Palace at home. They're going to sit in, make it difficult. Roy will bore them to safety uh, or bore us all as they get to safety. Brighton away, never get anything there. Villa at home, Man United away, Everton at home. And then we, got, we know where we've got to go the last game of the season, Arsenal, which could be, uh, you know, the championship party for them and and you know, looking at the barrel for us. So I, I, I think we've got to win three games. Um, I, I'm not convinced we've got to get to 38, 39 points. I'd be interested to see what the, the lads think, really. But I think we've got to win three games. And looking at those games, I think the Forest one is one that they've got to identify as a win. You know, not only does it put the boot into Forest, it also gives us a massive fillip. And I think, and I think if, we win, if we win, I think we will go on and probably be safe. I think it'll give us a confidence boost and a belief again in the team and in the manager that everything is working. Uh, and not least amongst the players as well uh, and the fans. And I think then if Chelsea comes the week after, I don't think it's so much a... A free hit, but I think it's a great opportunity. You know, you go into the back of an away win at Forest, you're on to 30 points psychologically. I think it's massive. I don't think you can underestimate how big Saturday's game is for either team, to be honest. Uh, and I think we might win 2-1. I thought you were going to be Ron Seal for a minute then, Sam, and sit on the fence. But um, it's good to see a bit of confidence. Touch on that Chelsea game. If we can get three points tomorrow, going into that Chelsea game, like I said, huge mentally. And Chelsea have got Champions League a few days after that game mm. next next week. So, like I say, it's a nice game to go into. Phil, what's your score prediction? Um, I, I think it, it, we sort of went through it, didn't we? Forrest have got a few injuries. We sort of looked at that team and you... I, I, I don't know what you, you Sam, yourself, think it's it probably near full strength for us. I'd say it's probably nearest the strongest 11 we could pick from the players that we've got who are actually fit, you know. And let's hope well. he picks it then, Phil. Yes, it seems recently, though. Yeah, like yeah. Sam's already touched on, he, he doesn't really know his best 11 and um, he, he's got to get it on the money tomorrow. We, yeah. we can't keep yeah. making changes at half time. I, th- I think it's just you, it, we've, we've discussed a few points, we've, we've got to score for it first and. I don't know. On on that way, I, I probably am going to sit on the fence and probably go one all. I think. Yeah, as, as I said, you, you. I think if if you offered it me, I I would take it. You, we've got slightly different views here. I I certainly realise how big a game it is for us because, you know, as you say, three points. You know, maybe you you can pick up you know five six points then get us to thirty six. You know, sort of around that thirty five thirty six point mark. Perhaps we could be safe there. You obviously you'd want more. You know, uh, you. We're all, we're all, you know, let's say, well, three of us are Wolves fans, all before us here. You know, we want to get as many points as we can. But, um, yeah, I think I, I you know, want one all from my side, I think. Can, can I just ask a question for Greg? What's what's your running like, Greg? I haven't studied your last 10. It's, the, it's on paper, it's the toughest out of everyone down there. I'm sorry to do this to you guys, but if you'd love to squint on your uh, screen for a few seconds, you'll see Forest um, sort of fourth in there. So it's uh, Wolves and then Leeds midweek, Villa away, Man United at home, Liverpool away, Brighton at home, uh, Brentford away, Southampton at home, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home, and then ending the season with Crystal Palace. Last game of the season, Wolves go to Arsenal, um, Leicester got West Ham, Bournemouth got Everton, and Forrester uh, uh, have got 
Palace away. It's it's a huge day. Some people keep talking about conspiracies, and there's part of me that thinks Sky wants not just a total race on the last day of the season, but a relegation battle. And that's why they keep fiddling us with VAR. But that's for another time and story. <laughs> What's your um, score prediction, Greg? Based on the uh, fact that we spent the last forty six minutes telling you how bad Wolves are. <laughs> well, you've also just reminded me of how horrendous our running is. So we win, and we have to win. Uh, and I'm going to have to have a bet on it. I'm going to say um, Forrest to win, both teams to score, Gibbs White to score and descending off. How about that? <laughs> he does that tomorrow. He does that tomorrow. He will not make it out the ground, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, do you know what I will say, you know, that last game of the season, I hope we both survive and we can all meet up in London and have a pint. <laughs> that would be nice. I, yeah. Honestly, if someone was to offer me 10 draws at the next 10 games, I'd bite their hands off it. Um, so, what do you say? You score a 2-1, Greg? Yeah, 2-1. 2-1. I think it's um, going to be horrendous. It'll be nerve-wracking, horrible. I'm going to try and offer a bit of um, optimism for the Wolves fans out there and also add a bit of pang of fear is that um, I've not seen Wolves lose away since August 2021 and I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> Why would um, you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with a one-all draw. That's why. I've, I've, but, but bear in mind, I've got a, I've got a lot of draws, a lot of draws. And um, this season, I think it's one win and three draws. It's 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 not a bad that. record. We'll take that I'll from take a one-all draw tomorrow. But like you said, we we all need that three points tomorrow. Um, thanks to everyone who's joined us on the Wolves Fancast tonight. We end each show with what I call um, sudden death squads. Which, if you haven't watched be- before. Um, I pick a game between the two sides of that match preview show and it's sudden death. You have to name a player that featured in that game. If he's a sub and comes on, you have to go again. Today's game is between Forest and Wolves from 2016. So the season before Wolves romped the championship, Wolves ran out 2-0 winners at the City ground. So going back to December 2016, can you name a player that featured in the game, which ended Nottingham Forest nil, Wolves two at the City Ground in December 2016? I'm going to come to you first, Greg, because I know how big the Garibaldi channel is, and I'd expect you to get at least one from 2016. I'll give you a, a tip. I didn't even know this. You had a manager at the time called something like Philip Montagnier. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get absolutely slated for this now. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Osborne. Ben Osborne started left wing for Forest oh, that day. That. I'm going to come to you next, Phil. Danny Bath. Danny Bath was captain for Wolves that day. That's correct answer, Sam. Oh. Was Helder Costa there then? Helder Costa started right wing for Wolves that day. Oh, Back to you, oh, Greg. I'm trying to think who the keeper would have been. Was it De Vries? Doris De Vries was not in the squad that day. If he was still at Forest, uh, right. Back to you, Phil. I thought Doherty would have played. Mm. Uh, Doherty's correct. He played left-back for Wolves that day. Back to you, Sam. Oh, God. If, if you're, obviously, the people who are watching there in the YouTube comments, if you know a player, drop an answer in. It wasn't a pretty map. It, it was, was um, what's the name, manager, the Scottish fella from Villa? Yeah, Paul Lambert was in charge for Wolves at the time. 
Yeah, was that one of the ones we did? We win five in a row and then lost five in a row or something like that. There should that, be. Yeah. I should be able to. I can't even remember who was playing. Cavalero wasn't there, was he? I'm going to give you Ivan Cavalero. He was a uh, left wing for Wolves that day. Do you want to have another go at your forest side, Greg, for a bit no. of sort of run? <laughs> I'm going to keep embarrassing until you get one. Let's have, another, let's have another go at your goalkeeper, Greg. No, I don't want to go at the goalkeeper now. That's done. I'm going to say Eric Leai. <laughs> Eric Leai, the former villain, was at left back for Forest that day. Uh, Phil? Akimi? He'd, he'd have been the goalie then, wouldn't he? Carl Akimi was in goal for Wolves that day. Mm. The pressure's back on Sam. Um, the big Icelandic kid, was, was it Bod Varsen or whatever his name was? As I said in the rules earlier, Sam, if you name a sub <laughs> and if and he comes on, you have to go again. And in this oh, case, no. he, he came on in the 83rd minute. Oh, I think he would have played. Oh, um, oh, he was a kid we just got rid of. Got rid of. He was hanging around the place forever. Uh, Pace the centre forward, whose name escapes me. Um, I'll go. I'll go the, what about the Prince? Was the Prince there then? Prince Oniang. Was it Prince Oniangu was not in the squad that day. I think he may have already been shipped out by that point. So, Phil, if you get this one, you win this week's sudden death squads. I think Vineman. Andrew Vineman. Yeah, that was it. Oh. Andy Vineman's not a correct answer, Phil. Oh. So, I'm going to have to go back to... Uh, I'm going to let Greg back in here to try and steal it. Um, oh, have to go I'm going to go with the goalie then, Jordan Smith. It's wrong again, Greg. You may, <laughs> you may as well get to Peter Shilton, Greg, because you're going to name all the goalkeepers before you get to the goalkeeper, which I'm which I'm going to bet £100 million on. Uh, Phil and Sam don't get. It's a goalkeeper called Stojkovic. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, of course. One of the yes. one of the many signings. I mean, when you sign like twenty players a season, you've got to let me off. Fair <laughs> <laughs> point. Oh, uh, um, one yeah. Sam. Oh no! This, this is the longest sudden death squads we've had since the, the original, <laughs> and the most painful. Um, let me run through the Wolves players I've been named so far: Carla Kitty, me, uh, mm. Danny Bat, Matt Doherty, Helder Costa, and Ivan Cavallero. Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty to choose from, isn't there? Oh dear. Bob Varson didn't play, obviously, but somebody else would have done. Um I can't even think of that lad's name who played up front and scored about ten or twelve goals for us. Who was the left back? Matt Doherty was left back that day. Oh, was he? Yep. Uh Foley wouldn't have been around still, would he? No, he's gone, isn't he? Long gone. Oh, yeah. that shows you how bad I am. I can't yeah. think. I'll have to pass. You're going to be annoyed in a minute once I go through this wall. The winner of the Doncaster Lincoln tomorrow, I might give it. Sam, Sam, we're going to come to that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. I'd give Stearman. Oh, Richard God. Stearman. Richard Stearman yeah. and Danny Bat were the centre-offs that day. Um, do you want to have one last guess, Greg? Just try and bring some sort of credibility to your uh, at Gurge Mitch handle this evening. <laughs> Not really, no. Um, oh, 2016. I'm trying to think how long players have played for us. Um, I'm sure one still plays in your team now. Uh, well, that can only be really Joe Worrell then. 
Joe Warrell was centre half with Matt Mills Thank, that day. You could have, thanks had, for you could that. have had Michael. <laughs> could have had Michael Mancian, who played for Wolves, and uh, Mustafa Carriol. Uh, the Wolves side that day: Carla Kimi in goal. We've already said Danny Bat, Richard Stearman, and Matt Doherty. Right back that day: Sam Connor Cody. Oh God, I wouldn't have got that actually. To be fair, midfield: Dave Edwards and Jack Price. Oh God, they're, they're very very dynamic midfield we had. Uh, you've already mentioned Helder Costa and Ivan Cavallero. Up front that day, number nine, Nua Dicko. And oh. just behind them, number 26, Bright Eno Bakari. Yeah. What year? Thanks for there, don't you? Forget Eno Bakari was there. We, we went up the season after. Greg right. absolutely romped the division. If, mm. I remember we uh, we won 2-1 at the City Grand. Because we've got quite a good record. I think you've only won one in the last eight versus Wolves, but I didn't want to bring that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, we won 2-1 well, that day. One of my first games was seeing Forrest absolutely pummel Wolves. 1980 Boxing Day, tipped it down. We lost 4-1 and that was that was a fairly decent... But it wasn't a bad season for Wolves. League Cup wins that year. Yeah. League Cup winners that year. Let's see. Well, you know, it's nice to win the League Cup, isn't it? Beating Nottingham Forest at Wembley thanks to an Andy Gray goal. I'd prefer to win the League Cup over the European Cup anyway, wouldn't you? Uh, that's... <laughs> I'd just prefer to be alive to see it. <laughs> that's it, yeah. As I said, thanks to everyone that's joined us tonight on the Wolves Fancast Match Preview at Wolves Fancast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Drop a quick like before you leave. Hopefully you all have a good weekend and have safe journeys to uh, the City Grand if you go in there. Um, thanks to Sam for joining us tonight. Sam, you've already mentioned it. Give the Give the people of the fancast a tip for a horse this weekend. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I haven't got any credibility left after that, have I? Um, but I think there's a filly of Carl Burke's running. I think it's in the three o'clock um, called Fast Response. I'm hoping that isn't a prophetic. If we go one nil down, that's what we're going to need. But um, yeah, she's about eight or ten to one. She's got a good record at Doncaster. She loves heavy ground. We're going to get loads of rain overnight and it's already bottomless at Doncaster. So I shall be cheering her on. Not that you'll be um, you'll be watching that race. I'll just be kicking off at the city ground while that's being run. But uh, hopefully, hopefully fast response will run around Doncaster tomorrow. I intend to be, I, I imagine and I intend to be blurry eyed around 3pm tomorrow. Um, Greg, to <laughs> Greg, just give me one team that's going to win this weekend apart from Nottingham Forest versus Wolves. Um, oh, I'm gonna say, gonna I'm gonna say, uh, I think there'll be a shock at the bottom and it'll be someone like Leicester beating Palace. I think I didn't like the fact they said Palace have only got a 10% chance, and I don't think they're gonna get that new manager bounce. So, as much as it grates me, I think Leicester will go and uh, get, uh, get a win at Palace. <laughs> Phil, who's your banker this weekend from those Premier League fixtures? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't go for Arsenal. I mean, I've, I've seen the odds of that. I can't, you know. Uh, I, I think Brighton. I think Brighton will be too good for Brentford. I think, I think, I know they're, it, it's like seventh the eighth, isn't it? But I think Brighton, Brighton's form at the moment and they're playing at home. I think, uh, I think, I think they're a good shout for a win there. Greg, you've absolutely said last you? minute. And um, what, who do I think is going to be a banker this weekend? Um, I think Man City will beat Liverpool tomorrow. I, I, I think it's it'll go Man City's way one way. I don't even care whether Erling Haaland's fit tomorrow. I think Man City will, will turn up tomorrow 
and um, hopefully dispatch Liverpool quite comfortably. Drop a quick like before you leave, folks. Thanks for joining us as again at Wolves Fancast. Subscribe to the channel. This week, we've got local band uh, Smoking Eskimo from the, uh, the the Pride of Wolverhampton, Bilston Town, with their latest song, Shrewsbury 1725. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you Sunday for the post-match uh, review show. plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big. At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp.